0: Welcome back to Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. I'm Drew, and I'm here today with another guest. I've got Zach Waxman of uh, his, his Twitter, his uh, Roto, Zach Rodo on Twitter, but he also runs uh, with Mike Curlin the Draft Champions podcast, and they were kind enough to have me on as a guest uh, a week or so ago, and now Zach has been kind enough to join me here. So, Zach, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Drew.
0: Was that? Uh, did I cover your introduction? I know there's also a, a Draft Champions uh, podcast Twitter. Uh, I, I'll let you give the uh, the address for that if you want.
1: Yeah, we um, I created a Draft Champions podcast. It's geared to the draft and hold leagues, but um, it also well, we also plan to cover all um, other NFBC formats. It, you can find it at Draft on Twitter. Um, draft Champions the the handle was taken already. If you search if you search that you'll find an account with like 12 followers so is it like uh, a is it like a beer fan account for draft beer or something uh, no it's, <laughs> i don't know i think it's like i saw a football logo but you know what like, okay okay uh, they're they're probably good follow too so if you if you if you, if you, if you search <laughs> if you search draft champagne, you can follow follow us for sure but you can also follow um at draft champions on twitter i be their 13th 14th 15th follower too like i'm you know what i'm I'm not gonna (laughs) not gonna discriminate
0: that's awesome i love draft champagne that's good well okay so so we're here today we thought we would discuss um some players to avoid in early drafts we've both done a ton of drafts already and a lot of them are the the draft champions format and that's also kind of where adp is coming from because i'm going to look at adp on the in FBC, and that's a lot of the leagues they've had so far have been champions, which is draft and hold. But I think mainly we're just going to look at this from a, a roto perspective, a standard five by five roto. So, did you,
1: how did you, how did you um, um, sort the ADP? Did you sort it by draft champions?
0: No, I, I'm just going to let it go by all drafts, but I am sorting from January 1st through today. Today is the 21st for anybody listening. And I just wanted to do that because I think things have changed substantially since November. Um, so I'm, that's why I
1: am only looking for the last three weeks. Okay, I'm going I'm to change my filter then as well. Great, tab- tab- tab-
0: And so, so if anybody's listening, and and you know you're in a points league or any kind of head-to-head, even if it's head-to-head categories, um, just just remember that things are going to change a bit. I'm going to try to do a podcast in the near future about sort of like a know your league kind of podcast. Um, but but for today, we're going to be talking about standard five by five roto. Um, and so, Zach, let's just start going through this top top 100 if we can get through it. Um, and I'll start with just the first round, and you you just stop me, or I'll throw it to you every now and then. We'll we'll, we'll talk about players that we're avoiding and why, because I think people I, I've done a couple of podcasts on on players to avoid, and people I think that's really where you can I mean really make a lot of hay in drafts is just by not wasting a spot, especially early, especially in this top 100, which of course you're going to be going in 15 team leagues in the first what seven rounds, so. So anyway, in in, in the NFBC, uh, the the top the first round is, is kind of starting the same way most of the time. It's some combination of Acuna, Trout, and Yelich, uh, with Mookie Betts coming up fourth and then Garrett Cole fifth. I'm, I'm just going to stop it there, and I'm just going to say <laughs> I have actually – I've done nine drafts now, I think, and I have not gotten a of six. So <laughs> I have zero shares of any of these players except for Garrett Cole. I, I managed to – later but um I'm I think this is a great top five I think you know the top three is is very set in stone I do think there's before Mookie but I love Mookie I'd love to get him but I haven't haven't been able to and then
1: Garrett Cole is, is 100% my number one pitcher so, so what do you think about that top five Zach I like it too yeah um, I actually personally would prefer Bellinger to Mookie Betts and just my personal opinion
0: um this year I like that. I mean, I took Bellinger in my last draft because I had the sixth pick, and I was thinking about um, if I don't get Garrett Cole, and I didn't. He was taken by Colin Weatherwax, um, who I know you've had on your podcast and is a great drafter, um, not someone you want to draft behind. But but anyway, yeah, I took Bellinger because I see there's just a lot of upside in the categories I just think are going to be so strong. Like, it, it's, it's hard to imagine him not having um, runs in RBI total 200. 200 plus, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so it's just, it's it's really strong there. And, you know, whether you get 35 home runs or 40 or 45 home runs and whether you get 10 stolen bases or 15 or more, I'm thinking about making a bold prediction that he steals 20 because I, I noticed how good his speed actually is. Like he's, I like that.
1: I like he's that. He's a complete prediction.
0: burner. Now, I don't, I, I kind of, you know, I was going to say 40 20, but I kind of think it's more likely he, you know, just, decides to steal 20 stolen bases than that he necessarily hits 40 something home runs. I mean, of course he has the power. We all know that, but like 40 home runs is not something you would predict anybody to do every year. You know, it's, I don't know, maybe Aaron are but I mean, like, even JD Martinez didn't hit 40 this past year. So it's just like, you know, but twenty stolen bases, like he, hes fast enough. If he wanted to, he could do
1: it. But anyway, I, agree. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that too. And you know, what, he, I, I've been in a bunch of drafts. I just want to say as well. And I've—I've been, I've been um, unlucky getting the, any of the top picks myself. I have one. I think I've done probably close to ten or twelve drafts. And I think I've got the first pick. I got the first pick once. And then beside that, besides that, I think that the highest I've done is seven. But one time I actually locked into Bellinger at eighth overall, which was um,
0: oh yeah, I was in that draft. I think you auto drafted.
1: Oh, yeah, you, yeah. You, you timed out in the first round, punk. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't even know the draft was starting, and then I got, and then I'm like, look, Yeah, I think go. you said you were
0: like at the or something. Well, yeah. anyway, uh, we're, we're we're all pretty much on board here, and I and I think I, I agree with you. I think everybody wants to know though, who'd you take with the first overall? I would go with Acuna. You picked Acuna when you had the first overall. I all like right. that. I mean, yeah. I just think you know Trout and Yelich are both amazing and have incredible. Their floors are higher than Acuna for sure. But Acuna could could be a 40-40 guy, and he, I mean, like he's almost for thirty five thirty. Like he's about as 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 good of a chance as you get. So maybe maybe there is more of a floor there that I would say. But but you know, like Trout and Yelich could hit three twenty. You know, and I just don't see Acuna doing that. But it's you can't go wrong with any of those picks. It's just yeah, I, I'm going with the stolen base upside. But anyway, all right. So we talked about five. We talked about Bellinger. He's going sixth. Um, let me rattle off a few more here. We've got DeGrom, Lindor, uh, Trey Turner, Bregman, Trevor Story at 11, and Juan Soto at 12. I'll, I'll cut it off there for a minute. Uh, again, I'll go first. I have no problem with any of these. I, I do think DeGrom is my second pick, pitcher just because of safety, although I'm real real close on Justin Verlander, who's actually going 13. He was the next one right after I cut it off, but um, you know, I have no problem with those guys. Um, Lindor, uh, Trey Turner, uh, Trevor Story. No problem with any of those. This would probably be my next three. Um, Bregman and Soto, you know, like the only slight knock there is, is the stolen bases. I think I would actually put Soto over Bregman, even though he's going two picks later. So and- would I. And and Bregman, I'm actually kind of avoiding um, just because this is too early. You know, like Soto, I, I don't really like him. At, he's going 12th. I don't, I, I, you know, I have other players that I would put up there. I'd probably go ahead and take a pitcher in the first round over Soto, even if it's, you know, Verlander or, you know, a pitcher going behind him, you know, but um, so so tell me about all how many players I named, what you think, and then if you have any thoughts on Bregman and Soto, maybe we can focus on them.
1: Well, yeah, um, I'm um. I'm with you on Bregman. I'm I'm not taking him here. I like other players better that are uh, after that uh, in the ADP. Soto, I really like. I, I am I am on Soto. I'm getting a lot of um in that if, if I fall in that range, which I have a lot, I'm I've been getting ending up with a lot, of, a lot of Trevor Story, a lot of Francisco Lindor and a lot of Juan Soto. Um
0: it's really hard to argue with Soto. I think, you know, like maybe I have like a bias because I'm like he'd be so amazing in a in a, a points league or even an OBP league. He, he would gain some value because he's like oh, huge. he's just a stud at on base percentage but you know like he's really good at five by five standard too i mean he's gonna he's gonna be a four category stud with a chance to get you some stolen base you know if i had to take the over under on his what did he get 12 last year or even i think if i had to say over under on double digits I'd say under but is he gonna chip in six or eight probably you know, even if he gets the back end of some double steals or something, you know, like with Trey Turner. So it's really hard to to find a knock against Soto. It's just pretty much anybody I'm starting here is either a pitcher or somebody who's going to get me five categories.
1: Yeah, I like Soto there. I'm not avoiding him whatsoever. Um, I, I, you won't see me with any Alex Bregman, and you won't see me with any Trey Turner, actually. Just because Trey's, Trey Turner, I think, you're putting a lot of your eggs in one basket, even though he is going to be very serviceable and all of us not serviceable is not even the right word. And he's going to be a stud in a lot of categories, but I think he's really going to put you behind on home runs and RBIs. And then when you're looking with one of your next two picks in round two and three, you're going to want to get a pitcher. So you're going to be really relying on your next pick to really um, get a ton of home runs and RBIs um, with that next pick. So uh, I like, let's,
0: let's, let's focus on Trey for a second, because I've actually taken some Trey Turner and sort of getting him around the 10th pick to me is, you know, I mean, you're, I I kind of agree with your risks assessment about him. You know, you're putting a lot of your stolen bases eggs in one basket. Um, But let me, let me just, let me just see if I can, you know, turn you uh, just, just slightly towards Turner. So I think, you know, for him to be, for, for me to ding him too much, I guess, because he's such a, a boon in stolen bases, he would have to be kind of a drag in home runs. And I, I just don't see it that way. I, I think he's, I think 20 home runs is kind of reasonable to baseline for him. And I think he could actually exceed his maximum exit velocity last year was 113.5, which puts him well into the top. I i don't know if the top of my head, I'm going to say like 150, maybe even better than that um, for hitters for power. Um, was consistent. It was a 90 point three uh, on average, so that'd be you know, that'd be pretty good as well. I'm not gonna try to give numbers for these because that would take longer, but he only had twenty eight barrels, and I think part of that is due to he missed some time, and part of that's due to him not elevating the ball a ton, but the potential's there. His average home run went four hundred and eight feet. That's that's well above average. So I mean like the pop is there. I just you know, he's gonna hit the ball line drives and grounders a little bit more than, than the traditional guys who hit 30 plus home runs, but like a 25 plus home run season, it's, it's in there. I just see it. And so I'm like, well, crap, if he's a 25, 40 guy, you know, he's probably going to be the number one overall. So that, so that, that number one overall um, potential is there. And so that's why I can't really completely turn my back from Trey
1: yeah i don't yeah, i I don't um disagree with that, and he's one of those players where he's not a total avoid for me i I probably want to diversify him and get maybe a share or two before the season starts but yeah, no, I definitely hear your points and he also said that he was playing with a broken finger all of last year, and he said i think I read something like um see what i can do see what I can do next year with uh with a i love month. the swagger yeah i I remember last year he said something like that too he's gonna
0: steal you know 60 no 100 something crazy you know 100 bases or something
1: (laughs) yeah he's not he's not what he's not like a a hard avoid for me but i just he's one of those players i'm not i'm i'm I tend to get other players over him at that at that slot i get Um, it
0: well i will say for anybody who is looking at trey turner here i think what you said about stolen bases is important like if you get trey turner Don't think, okay. well, now I'm just going to take the next five rounds off for stolen bases because I don't think that's how it works. I think when you get Trey Turner, you go in with a plan to win that category and you say, I'm going to draft pretty much everybody else kind of like I would anyway. So I'm still going to get a little, you know, these guys that that hopefully are going to go 30, 10 or 30, 15. I'm still going to get my little Ramon Laureano if I can. Uh, You know, I'm a huge fan of him, but. You know, you can't slack off now that you've got Trey Turner for the bags. You've got to keep getting stolen bases. And you just, now that you have Trey Turner, if he stays healthy, you should win stolen bases in your league. So that, that that's my take. Uh, I'm glad I, I I turned your head towards him a little bit, but. Um, you did. You did. I, I do think that um, we, we're in agreement here. Bregman is the hardest to avoid. And so the reasons, you know, we, we agree. I assume our reasons are similar. So for me. The stolen bases are just not going to be there. That the Astros just don't steal. Like he could steal, they just don't. Um, but also, I don't see him as a, like a three hundred plus hitter. I see him as like a, a two eighty hitter, like a solid two eighty uh, with upside to you know to two ninety plus. But I am not banking on that every year. And then, of course, the, the number one thing is he he's got an incredible swing and he's got this just sort of innate ability to pull the ball out of the park. Um, and of course he hit, what was it? 41 last year. So, I mean, he's got it in him, but I think that was just absolute ceiling. And I just, if he hits 40 home runs, uh, for a second year in a row, you know, I'll, I'll eat my hat, (laughs) so to speak, you know, like I just don't really see it happening. Um, because he's because none of the underlying metrics say that you know show that he has just sort of the light tower power of some of these early you know first couple round power hitters, so will he hit thirty again? I think so. you know I think he's just shown such a such a great stroke to pull the ball um and and hit it out you know just enough out of the park like he's not knocking these you know not knocking lights out or anything, but he's hitting it just enough to get out, and he's he's got such a Sort of a repeatable swing. But 35, 40, I'm going to take the under. So that's where I am. I'm, I'm not sure if you want to add anything or subtract anything on
1: Bregman. I just think he's sort of done stealing bases too. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that's one of my things with, yeah. um, with that. And, yeah, I, I, I agree. This is home run. I don't, I don't see him hitting any more home runs. But, yeah, he, he, like you saw in the home run derby, he just has that knack to just, just, just get it out of there. Yeah, perfect. All right, well, let's keep going. We got uh,
0: Verlander at 13, Arenado at 14, Freddie Freeman at 15, Walker Buehler at 16, and Tatis at 17. I'm just going to stop there. That's kind of the turn around the first round in 15-team drafts. So uh, I'll let you go first this time. Uh, Verlander, Arenado, Freeman, Buehler,
1: Tatis. What are your thoughts on this group? Love them all. No, there's not going to be much material for the for the avoid. Uh... For the, for the avoid topic here. Uh, okay, well let me well, let me let me just pick. Your I, name. I, I want stolen I want stolen bases, so I'm not going to be targeting Arenado or Freeman really there, but um, they're, they're good value there. Uh, okay. I might be I might be I might be fading Arenado a bit now because of uh, all the rumors that came out, particularly just today or yesterday. The the trade rumors
0: and the rumors that he's unhappy with the management there in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a strange situation. Obviously, you if you draft him here, you want to see him stay in Colorado because he's definitely benefiting from course. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say any of these guys are hard avoids. But I will say that I have no shares of Arenado and Freeman, and I only have really one share of Bueller and one share of Tatis. Um, I, I like both of them to some extent. I don't think Bueller is necessarily going to outproduce a few guys that go after him. Like I, you know, I'm a huge Mike Clevenger fan. Um, When I look, when I draft a first round pitcher, I want a guy who has got a proven record of giving me a, a, not just a, a very good whip, you know, a 1.1 or 1.15. I want an elite like sub one whip because that category is so hard to get later. You know, you're just going to get all these guys after around 15 or 20 that just you know, 1.3 whip. That's just what you're, what you're looking at. And so to get that ratio where I need it to be, I need somebody who's just an anchor for the staff. And the only guys that have really proven that year in and year out are, uh, you know, Garrett Cole, to some extent, he's not even as, as proven as these other guys, but Verlander, uh, DeGrom, and Scherzer. And I know there's like question marks with Scherzer's health. Verlander is getting older, but um, I'm going to put those four as my first starting pitchers. Not to say that Bueller isn't right there in the next tier, but, um, you know, I, I think I would take Scherzer over him still and just roll the dice on the health. I, and like I said, I, I like Clevenger a whole lot, but. That's, that's what I'm looking for there. Um, and then Satis, you know, like, he's great. He should, he's not going to hit 300 again, you know. He's going to hit 275, 280, I think. Um, but, but the five categories is, is where it's at. I mean, he's definitely going to get you – he's definitely got the power and he's definitely got the speed. So, you know, upside 30, 30. <laughs> I could see him hitting us for a similar average as Cuna. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I think Acuna is more like a 280 guy uh, with 290 upside. I put Tatis as a 270 guy with 280 upside, but I'm not going to argue with you too much there. I mean, yes. Yeah,
1: splitting hairs. I, I it's agree. silly I, for I, me I just, to
0: say that actually, because he's, he's clearly got more than 280 upside, at least in a half season. So what do you hit like 320? So, I mean, he's
1: got the upside for, for days. I just think his floor is a little lower than it could, but yeah, you're, you're on the right track. And I'm and, with, I'm with you on, on the Bueller price as well. I agree. I a hundred percent agree with you, what you, uh, with what you said though, with, uh, on Walker Bueller. Okay. Well, so we're on the same page with all those guys and Arenado and
0: Freeman, like it, it really is hard to find dings, except obviously the speed, um, and I don't think – I think Freddie's done stealing too. So I'd say for both of those guys, the speed. But we love Justin Verlander and, and we're rolling the dice on him. So that brings us to 18. Um, Max Scherzer is getting a little older but and, and had, you know, some health problems. He says he's healthy now. Do you believe him? No. Wow. Okay. So you're off
1: Scherzer. I will not have any of them unless wow. he falls. Did you say many or any? Any. I, uh, well, I don't have any yet. Sir. People so the, are- you know what? I'm in a couple of dynasty leagues, and I know this is not very is not relevant, but it could. It, I, I'll tie it back in. People are seem desperate to get rid of him in dynasty leagues, and I guess that's a different different um, aspect, but uh, or a different different beast. But so let me ask:
0: Is the difference because he's actually younger than Verlander? But is the difference there for you that that he's shown chinks in the armor? You know, like he's basically had some issues in the, in the. the this most recent season you know, with his neck and everything. And Verlander just has not shown a crack. Yeah. Verlander, I, I don't get it, but
1: he's just
0: been sort of superhuman. It's uh, kind of like Nelson Cruz for me. It's like that guy could be 45 years old,
1: 50 years old. And, you know, like I'm, I'm going to have to see it to believe it when he starts wearing down. Yeah, so. But, but you, you can see that Verlander is still throwing hard. And, you know, it matches as well. But I just watching him in the postseason last year, just looking at him, I'm like, I don't know if he's. Like, I know, I know he wasn't 100% then, and he could be now, but he, I don't know. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want. I'd much rather have a, a hit. I can't take the the risk of Scherzer versus a hitter. And I looked into some of his um, stats. Um, he really trailed off even after his injury, even when he was pitching during the second half last year he um i believe and you know what, I don't have the stats in front of me but I, I believe he's like like you were alluding to he had a very he, has, he had like a sub 1 whip um the last several seasons but if you look at i i believe and i could be i could be mistaken because i don't have it in front of me i think 3 of the last 5 seasons um he had a whip over 1.1 in the second half so he's really been he, he's he's trailed off in this in the second half be it due to injury or otherwise um I think it's the last five seasons, so I use my second round pick on him. I'd rather have a lot of the hitters in that, in that area. I'd rather someone else take him. Okay. Uh,
0: I'll, I'll take your word of caution. Actually. I, I've only gotten, I think maybe one share of Scherzer and um, you know, for a while he was still going sort of at the end of the first round. So 18 overall now um, that would be about where it would take for me. Although, He's still going five picks before Clevenger, and I think I'm probably going club dog, especially with what you said, but just in general because, you know, I think the upside for those two is similar, and I think maybe the the injury is enough of a concern. Obviously, you know you're going to take club in a, uh, any kind of keeper or dynasty league, but we're just going on standard Roto here. So I think I'd still have those guys close. Obviously, I want to see Scherzer you know, come into spring with, with a lot of health. So um, so let's take the next few. I've got Jose Ramirez at 19, Rendon at 20, J.D. Martinez at 21, Rafael Devers at 22, and then Club Dog at 23. Let's uh, look at that group. Okay. Uh, you want me to go first, or I don't sure. want to make you go first again? <laughs> no, uh, go go ahead. So, so Jose Ramirez was a guy I was actually kind of targeting here um, and I still don't have a problem with Jose Ramirez here at all. I will say that I no longer sort of feel like, I, I, I do feel like Jose Ramirez has gotten somewhat unlucky in the last seasons, but I also feel like his batting average, there's reasons that it would be a little bit lower than, than you're hoping. So, you know, will it be 260, 270? I think for sure. I think that's, that's, that's more. but will it be 300 again? I, I really don't think so. That said, He's kind of like Tatis to me. He's got not quite as much power upside and maybe more speed upside, maybe about the same. I, I really don't know what to expect from Tatis. You know, he stole like 16 bases in basically half a season, I think. Um, so they could both steal 30. <clears throat> I think Tatis might actually have more raw speed. But um, I was sort of penciling Jose Ramirez in for a, a higher batting average and just some things I've looked at have made me think. You know, it's maybe a little silly to think he's going to hit 290 plus again. So I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about um Jose Ramirez? Um, did he, did he? What was his? Did he hit one uh, 290 one year? He, yeah, he's hit over. Uh, I think he hit over 300 uh, a few years ago. Um, and well then of know. course, so, it was, so the history, course, and, and the way I see it is that in the second half of 2018, oh, yeah. his batting average really dropped, and then in 2019. That continued and so where we saw him as a 300 hitter in 2016 and 2017 he actually hit over 310 both years in 2018 it dropped to 270 and of course last year it was 255 we know you know if you're if you're starting to to split that and look again by like months and halves he he actually hit 327 in the second half of 2019 so he's he's got it in him is there is he just the streakiest hitter of all time is there reason to think that he will um, you know have a lower batting average I, I was kind of just saying he got super unlucky and he's super streaky and all this stuff and I was like he could totally hit you know anywhere from 270 to 300 that may actually be the case I'm just sort of like I'm just sort of taking a little bit um, of a step back from thinking it's going to be
1: on the higher end of that range. I like him. Um, I, I, I want him in I want him in every draft. I think there's a market inefficiency in Jose Ramirez this year. I'm um, just uh, looking back at his stats. Uh, yeah. He was a 300 hitter two years in a row and then he's trailed off at the end of 2018, but still even after trailing off, he was a top three pick. Um, definitely not avoiding Ramirez. I, I think I've said this before. I I had him a couple in a couple teams last year, and even despite what he did in the first half, starting off extremely slowly, he, he, I was still able to tread water with some of those teams and still win some of those leagues with Ramirez or place in the top three. So I definitely like him. I definitely like Jose Ramirez this year for that's, for his
0: price. That's a good take, and I want to be clear. Uh, I am. Definitely not off of Jose Ramirez. I'm taking him over Bregman. I, I I do believe I'm taking him over a lot of these other guys in the second round. I just wanted to temper my enthusiasm a little bit because um, it was it was going to be easy to see him getting pushed up into like the first round and maybe even the middle of the first round. And I still, you know, there's still some guys there that I like over him. So I'm just trying to kind of keep myself realistic. And I will say that another part of it is the home runs. It's, it's almost exactly what I said for Bregman about the power. Jose Ramirez Ramirez has a very similar way of being able to pull the ball out of the stadium. He just, or out of the park. He just has not been as, as um, he has not been as consistent as Bregman um, at at really anything. That's why the batting average has fluctuated greatly. And, but you can see um, with him and Bregman, the potential for sort of a wide range of outcomes in home run total. So would he, if he hit, Below 25 home runs, I would not be surprised. But then I would also be surprised if he didn't get you 25, 25, which you're going to take every day. Um, so to me, he's like a Starling Marte at third base with some with a little more upside because we've seen him hit, you know, 39 home runs I think a couple of years ago. So so Jose Ramirez is great. I'm not going to ding him. I'm not going to say anything else bad about him. And I would I would take him at 19. And um, to continue on. I would actually take him, I think, over some of these other guys. So Rendon, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers. So to me, all three of those guys sort of have the same thing we've been saying about a lot of these hitters. They're great. They're going to hit for a very good average. They're going to get you a, an amazing four categories. And maybe this is the spot where you can start looking at four-category hitters. But none of them are going to steal you bases, um, except you know Devers may throw in a few. But he's also going to have a little bit less – power than Martinez and just sort of all-around production I think than Rendon although I don't know we could we could compare Rendon and Devers probably and, and you know see what we think
1: but Rendon's got more track record what do you think about those three well I'm not avoiding any of those three Devers I think he stole eight bases last year but he was also caught eight times he sort of looks like a pudgy guy sort of like Jose Ramirez I'm still, looking at them you're surprised they steal any bases but um, obviously they're very good athletes Um, in terms of these guys, I think there's regression to come uh, in the runs category for Anthony Rendon and Raphael Devers. And for two different reasons Rendon, he, I don't think he's going to have the protection or the, the the potent lineup behind him. Like he did in Washington. I think obviously having Trout in front of him helps for the RBIs, but for the runs, I I see him taking a step back Um, and it's not hard to take a step back because he scored a ton of runs and Devers. Um, he was one of only a very short list of players to score um, runs over fifty percent of the time that he was on base, and I think there is an element of um, reliance on other factors other than what's in your own control to do that. And I don't, I don't have an explanation for why that is. I can pull up that list. It was, a, it was sort of a uh, a random list of players. Um, I think that's a
0: really good good word because people are um, often, you know, looking at some of the five categories more than others. (laughs) What I mean by that is, you know, here's a guy who can hit me 30 home runs and maybe hit 300, or here's a guy who can hit me 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases and 280. And, and, you know, sometimes we'll ignore those runs in RBI. You know, a lot of times I guess you can hear people say X number of home runs and X number of RBI, but the runs category is pretty easy to ignore. And um, to me it's kind of a draft hack to – draft guys who hit high in their lineup and are going to accumulate runs. And, you know, to some extent, RBIs as well, because the other headers around them are are very good. But, but yeah, I think that's a really good point about those two guys. Like, a lot of the reason they returned such crazy value last year is because they maybe even outperformed in that. And um, so maybe we need to, you know, scrutinize, like, the steamer projection and see what's likely. Because I think, you know, steamer – we're used to them regressing guys and things, but like if, uh, if Devers was in, like you said, like the, the top percentile of scoring every time he got on base, you know, there's some of that that we can expect because he's in a really good lineup. And there's some of that, that you just can't expect the guy to to outperform that much every year.
1: So here's the stat. I, I pulled it up and this was at the end of last year. So the, the season wasn't complete, uh, wasn't a hundred percent complete. I think this was in the middle of September. Um, Players with over 200 bats, nine have scored over 50% of the time they were on base. So three of them were on the Twins, Garver, Rosario, and Buxton. So there was something going on with the Twins. And two other Twins fell in in the top 15, which were Kepler and Sano. So Twins were scoring on a high percentage of the time because they hit a ton of home runs. that makes sense. Um, The other six players were sort of random. And those players were John Birdie on the Marlins, Jake Marisnik on the Astros, Larry Garcia, Didi Gregorius, and Rafael Devers. So I can't draw any... Similarities between any of those players, but take it for what it is. Wow!
0: So Devers, I could, I could give him a little of the Boston, you know, love. It was a very good lineup, you know, kind of like you're saying about the Twins. But the, some of those others is very are very random, and I think yeah. you should really look at those players and see a, a guy who I will never have a share of this year is John Birdie. Um, not just because he's a Marlin, not just because he's old, but just simply because because of the fact that when you're drafting John Birdie, you're, you're trying to get him for those stolen bases, and you know that's going to require getting a pretty good amount of playing time to get to to give you what you want. Because first of all, if he's only in the lineup, you know, half the week, are you even going to want to play him? And blah 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 blah. But I just think he's not a big part of their their future, and I'm I worry about the playing time, and therefore I worry about the stolen
1: bases. So we but, we we uh, we got another we got an avoid. We sort of uh, we're sort of going getting ahead of ourselves, but he would be an, he would be, he would be an avoid.
0: About 250 picks ahead of ourselves, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so back to the, the, the matter at hand, um, I, I totally agree with you. I think that there's nothing wrong with any of these three players. Like there's, there's no reason to avoid them, avoid them, but, um, that's probably not where I'm going in the middle of the second round. Um, I just am looking for different things there. You know, sometimes I'm, a lot of times I'm trying to get the two aces to start off. Um, a lot of times I'm just looking for a five category guy and I'll even go early on, um, not that early on Bryce Harper, but early, you know, early on Starling Marte, sometimes he's even fallen to the third round, but I'm happy to take him in the second. So um, I like, I just like to get my certain things in the first few rounds and um, five categories as part of that. So um, and with, then, with,
1: with Rendon, uh, on the, on the other hand, I know that I, I know I said that his runs are potentially something that could regress negatively, but uh, you talked about stolen bases. They don't steal. I don't know about Rendon because if you look at him, First of all, he's, he's only 29, so I, I, don't, I don't think he, that's an age where you, you typically worry about stolen bases falling off. He's had a 17 and a 12 stolen base season. He stole five last year, and I believe he was hitting in front of Soto last year, right? He was hitting three and Soto was four, right? Uh, most of the time, I believe so. Yeah, yeah so this year he's going to be hitting after Trout, but who's going to be after him? Justin Upton, uh, Otani maybe. So I think there might be, he might have more of a green light to run. And I, and I don't, I'm not really basing this on any, anything factual, but I could see him getting 10 this year. Hmm. That's an interesting point.
0: Yeah. And it, I think he's, he's like super safe, right? Because even if he regresses in one area or another, let's say steamers, right. And he definitely pulls back and, and runs, well, they've got him pulling back in RBIs too, because he had so many last year. But, but I think I could see him. I mean, he's going to have Trout, who's like always on base, uh, to drive in. And you know, uh, who knows how the the home run park will work differently. I mean, they're they're just kind of regressing him across the board. But um, I, I think he'll I think he'll beat his projections uh, by a little at least. And you know, I just think he's got plenty of upside. So I, I like all these guys. I'm not really finding anybody to to avoid in here. Uh, well, I said I, I mentioned Clevenger was going 23rd, but let's let's case him in the next several picks because we got some pitchers going off. So, so 23rd is Clevenger, 24th is Jack Flaherty, 25th is Bryce Harper, 26th is Shane Bieber, and 27th is Steven Strasburg. So, so Bryce Harper and four pitchers. So I guess we can get Harper out of the way. I'm not avoiding him at all. I think he's in the late second round. I think Harper's a great value because um, he is going to give you, you know basically five categories now he might yeah he's definitely got the downside to hit 260 but i think he's also got upside to hit 280 plus so um and then you know i don't think many people realize i think he stole 15 15 15, yeah yeah. i think that's right last year so you know i'm not i'm not i don't think he has the raw speed of bellinger but he has plenty of speed and he, he stole 13 the year before that he had an injury year in 2017, but he stole 21 in in 2016. So could he steal 15 or more? I think absolutely. And I, I pretty much would pencil him in for 10 plus. So that's, that's something, um, for sure. And, you know, is 40 home runs out of the realm of possibility? I don't think so. So, uh, so what, do you disagree about any of that? Are you, are you on Harper as well?
1: I don't disagree with any of that, but I'm not on Harper like you are, um, I probably won't have any Harper because I do value some of the players that are actually in, in the 30s in the ADP more than Harper. Okay. Well, just, be, just because of the batting average risk mainly. I and, think a lot of these guys,
0: like, um, I, I, I don't have a lot of um, Harper. I do have a couple shares, but, like, you know, I don't think I have any of some of the other guys we mentioned. But I'm not seeing any of these guys as an avoid. So I just kind of want to stick with that sort of idea. So, yeah, yeah you're not really avoiding him. You're just not getting shares. I'm not getting him. I, uh,
1: simp- simply, I won't have shares of Harper because I value Austin Meadows, Xander Bogarts, and Ozzy Albies over Bryce Harper. Okay.
0: Well, that's interesting. We can talk about those guys when we get to them because I think, uh, you know, I think there's reasons to like Harper, uh, mainly the power, I guess, with with the, partic- the particular guys you mentioned. I think he's got a, a decent amount more – opportunity to hit for power than than some of those guys but um that's fair okay so we've got another guy here that you're pretty much off which is which is interesting I want to I'm going to kind of try to keep track of them and put them in the show notes so now the four pitchers going around Harper tell me what you think about them I think I know some of these guys what you think but we've got Clevenger, Flaherty, Beaver, and
1: Strasburg. I like all of them um, they are, I believe, my set. It's my six through nine pitchers in my rankings. So I agree with their 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 slots here.
0: Are they, do you have them in the order that they're
1: they're going? Uh, no. You, do you like
0: Clevenger and Flaherty more than Bieber and Strasburg?
1: My order is Flaherty first, and not Whoa. very many people agree with that. But um, I, I I like I have it Fla- uh, Flaherty, Strasburg, Clevenger, Bieber is my order. okay. It's a little different. Well, um, I definitely want to get
0: your thoughts on Flaherty. I know we've talked a little bit about that before, but to me, you know, uh, of these four, Flaherty and Bieber have question marks. Now, they both had incredible seasons last year. Flaherty's second half was darn near historic. Uh, And maybe it's like he's also getting a little bit of more doubt than he would otherwise get because of what Harman Marquez did the year before, you know, he had a almost historic season even in cores or, or second half and then obviously did not continue in 2019. And I'm not saying anything like that will happen to Flaherty, but I will say that, you know, he had some metrics go further than you would expect possible in his direction. his, Splits in for for the months of August and September, mainly what I'm talking about, uh, he had, uh, pulling it up, sorry. In August, he had a 95.7% left on base rate. And and in September, a 94.8% left on base rate with, you know, sub 200 BABIP for the period um, of those two months combined. And, you know, obviously part of that was he was just killing it. But part of that, you cannot expect to be sustainable.
1: Yeah, I I, I, um, I understand all the all the current concerns people are raising with clarity, and I've seen I've seen a lot on Twitter um, going back and forth with the pros and cons. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm avoiding any of them, and I've I've gotten shares of I think most of these pitchers, and I like this is where I I guess I'll, I'll like to diversify my my teams and, and get. I've taken Strasburg over Flaherty in leagues just to diversify that second round pick because I don't want to, I don't want to have Flaherty on every team, and then if something happens, um, then all my teams are sort of dead. But um, I, I see the, I see there's there's risks involved with everyone. Like Flaherty had the huge splits. Bieber, um, like like he had. Um, you can look at his opponents, and he, he he didn't have as much consistency as the other pitchers. Strasburg has his injury history. And is coming off an injury too. But I, I definitely see the point for Clevenger being the top dog out of all those. And I can't really argue with that, but none of the, none of these players are, are in a void for me. I think
0: I like Clevenger cause he's just, the strikeouts are just out of this world. And um, going back to Flaherty, I won't say that I'm a hard avoid um, at any price. I, I just, I'm not getting him right here. But um, if you take sort of his season as a whole, he had a sub three ERA, a sub one whip, just barely, but still. And so even if the second half was completely unsustainable, the first half wasn't great. And yet when you average it all together, he still comes out pretty well, um, very well. In fact, with just a few, um, you know, less strikeouts than some of these other guys, especially Clevenger and the guys who went earlier in the first round, but then that's why they're going in the first round. So, so I will temper my, I don't want to come out as a Flaherty hater. I just think I would, I would prefer to get him around or so later and that's just not going to happen. So, nope. but, uh, but Bieber, you know, my thing about him is, you know, he is not really kind of a, man, I don't even, I haven't looked at him recently enough to speak too intelligently, but you know, one of the things people complain about is, you know, he has a higher barrel rate than the other aces. Um, or you know second third first round pitchers, and you know his his expected batting average against is higher uh than all of these guys, and so you know what to make of that maybe he's just you know so is um for instance uh grankies uh so maybe he's just like a slightly better granky with more strikeouts well that's <laughs> that's a pretty darn good pitcher, you know that's certainly a a second or third round pick. So I don't want to pick apart really anybody here. And if Bieber's your guy, then, then go get your guy. Another thing is he gets to face the tigers a lot than the Royals. So, um, so yeah, I'm with you. I, I, like, I can get behind all of these. I have my favorites, obviously Clevenger and Strasburg. I got a, a share of him recently and I do it again. So, so there's nothing wrong here. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm avoiding any of these and it sounds like you're not either. Correct. All right. Well, let's press on. I don't think we're going to get through a hundred today, Zach. We're, we have more to say about the first couple rounds than we uh, thought we did, even if we don't have many of us. Yeah, not at this pace. There's no. Really, there's
1: not really any hot takes either. So it's unfortunate we were. Like, well, I, I'm interested I, I'm, 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 that I'm... you're. The, you would
0: actually say you're off Harper, and you're definitely off Scherzer. So that's I mean, that's interesting. You know, like we well, we can have some some sort of differing opinions here, but um no, I'm finding this useful. Hope you are.
1: Go ahead. Definitely.
0: So, twenty-eight Aaron Judge, twenty-nine we have Glaber Torres, thirty Pete Alonso. So he's actually fallen on average. He's going anywhere between pick twenty-one and forty-five right now, and that's just for the last three weeks. Uh, Thirty-one Jose Altuve and thirty-two Starling Marte, and I'll go ahead and throw in uh, thirty-three Austin Meadows, your boy. So that's kind of the, the turn as you come back around um, from the sort of the end of round two to the beginning of round three. So. You got your, you got your Acuna. You got your Yel- Trout and Yelich. Who do you want to, to pair it with here? Uh, you you know pick two. <laughs> so Judge, Torres, Alonso, Altuve, Marte, Starling, Marte, and um, and Meadows. What
1: do you think? Well, first of all, you say Meadows is my boy. I like him, but I don't have any shares yet. I'll tell you that. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm interested it, to know it, who it, you are picking here because you did I'm, have that first pick with Acuna. Um, I am usually going a pitcher uh, when I when I had a, when I picked a Q and I think I went pitcher pitcher on the turn here.
0: Gotcha. So maybe like a Strasburg and Snell or I did a Snell and Castillo. Ah, okay. Which you know, jump them up a little bit to get your guys, but I get that. So yeah, As it's... far as these hitters here, just I mean, obviously it makes sense that you you might not get them um, because if you if you're taking a hitter early, which I I'm pretty sure I would be. I'm not, there's no way I can pass up on Acuna and then probably not Trout or Yelich either. So if you're doing that with those first three picks, it is likely you'll get a pitcher here. But um, are there any of these hitters that you would just write out avoid? void? No. Okay. Like, I'm going to say well, – sorry, go ahead.
1: Uh, Pete, like Pete Alonso, I, I like him still. I think he can hit a ton of home runs, but he's just not going to get you the stolen bases. And if he's going to be my second pick, assuming I'm going to – have a pitcher in my first three picks, just assuming that I really don't want to have somebody getting me zero stolen bases with my second pick. Yeah, no,
0: I agree. I will say about these six hitters, or if I'm doing my math right, six, I will say that I am avoiding, at this price, I'm avoiding Gleber Torres and Pete Alonso. Uh, I don't have any shares of Altuve. I don't have any shares of Aaron Judge. Uh, I do have shares of Sterling Marte and Austin Meadows. I got Meadows a little later than this, but not much. Um, and I, you know, the reason I'm avoiding Alonso and Torres is kind of what you said. They're they're guys I they expect to contribute pretty mightily in three categories. Like, you know, Pete Pete's going to have the most home runs. Torres is going to have really great counting stats as a Yankee and probably a little bit more average than Pete. So let's call them both like three and a half category contributors. Um and maybe you can you can say Torres is four category because he's a half contributor in average and a half contributor in uh,
1: uh stolen bases, because maybe he he chips in five or something. Hundred percent. I think I, I agree with you totally on, what, on that take. I'm I'm, I'm with you. i okay. on every like down to the down to the detail about Torres being half half contributor in those categories. So you're willing to say hard avoid on both of them at mm, this price? Not a hard avoid. I'm saying you know what? I'll go with you and say hard avoid on Pete Alonso at this price because I think you're paying a fun tax on him. It because well, so, really- so here's the here's the reason I say the same about Torres
0: because I let's I would call these guys um, you know like. Sort of well, well-rounded uh, hitter-first bats. Um, Pete Alonso more power. Torres more in the other little areas. But but none of but you know like if you're comparing them to Aaron Judge, you know I don't think either is going to be like so Judge kind of combines the best of both to me, right? He's still in the Yankees lineup, so he's got everything you like about Torres. And he's probably going to have a pretty good average. Like uh, Seamer has him for like 258 or 257 or something, which I find very strange because he's, just, he's always hit above that. Um, so I think he's going to have a better average than Pete Alonso, but then he's got the power of Alonso. And, and if you're asking me, maybe more. So, so, what, so, so to, to sum it up, the reason I'm avoiding Torres and Alonso is because they're both just a little bit – the upside is lacking for the, for the late second round.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, Torres, I, I still think Torres could be very good, but, um, to your, to your point, I think that he's overvalued compared to the, a lot of the other second basemen that, are, that, can, that you can get later. Uh, um, in particular, Ozzy Albies and Cattel Marte, I value him similarly, if not lower than them. And he's going, and you're, you're going to have to spend a 10, uh, 10 picks higher on Torres. So it would that, is that classified as a hard avoid that I, no, it... that's a that's a good
0: explanation. I, I I can see why you're not willing to go hard avoid, uh, but you're you're pretty much uh, on the same page as me. You're just not getting them here for uh, one reason. I don't, or another. I
1: don't I don't have shares of um, Alonzo or um, Torres and Holds. Gotcha. Ones.
0: So I guess if I had to pick from all these guys, I mean I like Judge a lot. Don't get me wrong, but Starling Marte and Austin Meadows to me they're more complete. Um, Meadows I like him for a lot of the reasons I like Harper. I think um, you know the. The average is going to be good, if not very good. You know, I'm, I'm sort of penciling in 280, and I'm happy to get more. Um, I'd like Harper's counting stats better. Um, Meadows should get a full run at playing time, but I don't think the lineup's quite as good, um, or at least the hitters around him to, to do what he needs them to do, get on base before him, hit him in after him. Um, the power, I think, I think Harper has more power. And I question whether either of them will steal much more than about 10 bases. I think they both got the potential to steal 20. I just don't think either of them will really do it. I think if I had to pick who would have more between Meadows and Harper, I would probably go Harper, but it's close. So they're very close. Um, Meadows may edge him a little bit, and um, batting average Harper, to me, has the edge in power. But even those are – they're actually pretty similar players. Like I can see why Austin Meadows has has gotten pushed up to here. I do think the power, while he's got real raw power, he he doesn't quite get to it as much as as some guys who are are real 40 home run threats. I think he, he he's got it in him, but um, well maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I was just looking <laughs> on Statcast and he had 50 barrels and. Uh, 42.9% hard hit rate, 16.7% launch angle. Yeah, it's it's pretty much all there for Meadows. Um, I, have, I have no problems with him. I'm getting him. I'm getting Marte. I happen to be getting other guys more, but no no avoids here. So we can move on if you okay. – unless, unless you have anything about any of those other guys. Oh, I didn't really say anything about Altuve, but I, I have none of him, but I'm not really avoiding him
1: either. Um, second bases, just depends which, which way you want to go around here. Yeah, I'm not avoiding out two I think I maybe have one or two shares. The only thing I'll say about him is I think I believe he and Rendon are also – are both 29, and I do not believe that once you regress in stolen bases, once your stolen bases decline, they will always decline. I think that, like – I think there is room for that, um, that graph to point back up for both of those players. So that's just a little nugget. That that's – no, but I, I like it. It's a, per- a good point.
0: All right, let's take a few more here. Um, so at 34, we've got Snell – 35, Bogarts, 36, VR, 37, Jordan Alvarez, 38, Albies, and 39, Chris Sale. I'll stop there. The two pitchers in this realm are Snell and Sale. And I I think you'll agree with me that they've got as much upside as anybody we just talked about in the second round. Maybe just anybody, period, especially Sale. Uh, But there are obvious concerns. You know, Snell's coming off an injury. Sale's coming off... His worst season in a while, uh, maybe you know having to do with injury, maybe just having to do with the fact that he missed the spring because Boston was being ridiculous. But um, I, I I like these two. I like drafting these two. I have shares of both of them. I you know I think a lot of times I'm trying to pair them with one guy in the first or second round, one starting pitcher. Uh, so I'm not super happy with either as my first starting pitcher. But
1: you know they've certainly got the upside. What do you think? Um Alex now um I'm avoiding Sale. I'm avoiding Chris Sale.
0: Okay, I think I've detected a theme cuz you're off uh, Scherzer, you're off Sale and there are there are reasons. I'm I'm not going to argue too much. I mean like like clearly something was
1: up last season for both of them. So why you... risk why why risk it? I don't know. Yeah. Like there's, there's other players that may have a little bit of a lower ceiling but I don't know. Uh, I don't see I don't see the need to to put well, to to risk it on sale. So I actually have
0: an answer for that. Let me give you my answer and that is when I'm drafting a pitcher in the first two rounds or three rounds or even the fourth round, I want the kind of upside that um like I am I I need a guy who's going to anchor my staff. And I think I sort of said this a little bit before but like I'm not just talking about a good a, you know a very good ERA, you know like 5 or better. You know, like a very good whip, like 1.1, like, uh, you know, very good strikeouts, like 200 strikeouts. I'm talking about a guy who's got upside for, you know, a sub-3 ERA, maybe 2.5, you know, a sub-1 whip, maybe 0.9, 250, 275 strikeouts or more, you know. So, like, to get a guy where that's almost guaranteed, you have to get basically a a first round. You have to get, you know, Cole or – you know, DeGrom or Verlander. Like that's, that's about it. That's the end, end of list, you know, but I, you know, if I'm looking in the third round, I'm like, well, that's clearly not there. So I can take, um, I'm not going to make that comparison because you will just kill me, but I can take, you know, somebody like Corbin. I, I love Corbin. Corbin's great. And he's actually going a little bit lighter. He's going fourth round, um, but he's going to get you, a lot of that stuff, but not all of it. Like he's not going to get you a sub three ERA. He's not going to get you a sub one WHIP. Um, he's probably going to get you a three point two, three point three, three point four ERA, one point one WHIP, and you know a good number of strikeouts. Maybe even two fifty. I don't. I'm not looking at it right now. But he's not, not going to get you Garrett Cole or or, um, or Verlander numbers. And I think that's the one thing I can say about Sale
1: and Snell is like I see why they're going here because the upside is tremendous. Yeah, I think my, my main reason is injury. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doubting his skills. I think if he pitches 200 innings, you're probably going to get first-round value out of Sale. Um, he still had a great whip last year. Um, I believe that for any pitcher that had an ERA over 4, and he had an ERA of 4.4, um, Chris Sale had um, the highest K-walk minus percent in history for anyone with an over four ERA. So um, <laughs> that's not surprising. He's, he's really good. It's just, it was, it was a,
0: a lot of question marks last year. I, yeah. I get it. I, yep. I, I would say that to some, to sum up what I think about the differences between our, our takes here is you're just, you're more risk averse early on pitching. And that's a very reasonable take. Yeah. I think that's a good summation. So back to the hitters here, Bogarts, VR, Alvarez, Albies. Any uh, thoughts on those four? I will never draft
1: v r ever
0: i'm kind of with you there. Um, I would say that that v r uh is just too much of a risk here, which is ironic since I was just talking about <laughs> taking pictures with with upside v r's got upside, but i mean at the in the third round um, so so for one thing like he's not hitting 25 home runs again or whatever, you know, he's probably not hitting over 15 home runs, especially in Miami. Right. Um, it's not that he doesn't have a little bit of power. It's just that Miami is going to kill that. Um, you know, I, I worry about the counting stats. He's not going to have hitters that are as good behind him as he did. And it was just funny to say in Baltimore, but Trey Mancini's a darn good hitter. And, you know, like they had Renato Nunez just hitting bombs last year. And you know, like there's a couple of like p- potential good hitters in Miami's lineup but it's just you know I, I question that, and it's not as good of a part for for all of them. Um, and then of course the stolen bases are the reason you draft him, but that is not a sustainable enough stat in his game. So I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, make fun of anybody for taking him because I think I know why they're taking him. You know they want forty five stolen bases or whatever. Someone always
1: takes him in this round.
0: Yeah, that's why he's going thirty sixth. I just it's not going to be me. I see, a, I see a low of
1: seventy actually on this ADP, like for. Uh, from...
0: And you know, it kind of goes back to what you said about Trey Turner. I don't necessarily agree with this whole cloth, but I do agree that there, the the guys that you're taking for just stolen bases, which I to, to me VR falls into that category a lot more than Turner does. Um, the Malik Smiths of the world, like I have no use for those players because they you know they're going to hurt me elsewhere, and I want a guy who's really helping me. A lot of places, which is why I'm trying to get guys like Ramon Laureano, because he's going to get me a a good number of stolen bases, whether it's 15 or 20 or more. Um, But he's also going to get me above-average home runs, and then a bunch of counting stats and a decent, and hopefully a pretty good batting average. And so I know I'm jumping ahead to talk about him, but when I look at VR, I'm like, what? What else is he giving me? You know, I'm hoping for the stolen bases, but everything else is going to be meh to to bad and i just i'm i'm just not really enthralled with the profile so i'm with you on that one man
1: yep same and uh, similar uh, similar comment for mondesi on my on my end as well just um, okay. i, I don't think, I'm, I'm I, didn't think my, I, I don't think i mentioned him but he's going oh, 40 if, right, yeah, after yeah, Hill. right after chris yeah right after chris i didn't know if you mentioned him i forgot no, no, but, go ahead go ahead but i think he fits into the conversation with uh, VR. um i just i feel like i'm losing just looking at the math in a roto League, i feel like i'm losing too much on the other stats for the yeah. um for the probabilities on the stolen bases. Got it. I know you like Bogarts too, right? I do.
0: So is it just the all-around goodness with maybe, you know, certainly stolen base upside, he just doesn't look like he's stealing anymore and the Red Sox
1: are stealing less? Yeah, I I, I liked Bogarts quite a bit. I liked him last year. I like him again this year.
0: I liked him last year, too. I
1: actually took him in the main event in,
0: in the third round. I took him right around here, which was earlier than he was going, but he obviously wasn't making it back to me in round four. So I was like, you know what? I want I want some Bogarts. He's just – you know, the, the counting stat's really off the chart. Obviously, he's got, um, you know, 30-plus home run pop, and he's got a very good – it's a great batting average. Uh, but those counting stats are just where it's at. He's just in a prime spot in a great lineup. So – it-
1: if you're talking uh, auctions, and th- this this can be t- this can be um, this can be related to the ADP that we're talking about, compare Xander Bogarts with um, Alex Alex Bregman. Bregman's cost versus Xander's pot cost. What was, yeah, the value. Three hundred sixty-five days a year, slam dunk Xander Bogarts. Like they're very comparable in stolen bases and batting average. I think Xander has a bit more batting average, more runs. Potentially more RBIs, like what? What? Where does Bregman? I guess maybe more home runs, right? But we're not even confident in that. But for five, seven more home runs, I think Xander crushes Bregman in every other category. Uh, I-, I could not agree w- with you more. I think that's a really good
0: take. That's that's to me, that's more of why avoid Bregman in round one. You know, <laughs> because I think this is a good spot for Bogarts, like you said. I don't. I don't think I would take him in round one, but but 100, no. percent I would take him. If not over Bregman, it would be a toss up between the two. So I think that's a great take. Um, like you said, they're both in really good lineups, So they're both going to have really good counting stats. I do think Bogarts can hit for a better average than Bregman. Uh, and I think Bregman has a slight edge on being able to hit home runs, but I, I'm not comfortable saying that he has an edge in power because I, you know, the, the raw power, uh, is, you know, what well, we talked about that already, but yeah, great take. Uh, Anything about Alvarez or VR? Not really. Besides what I said about VR already. Yeah, I I, I like. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm at Albie's, not VR. Oh. Uh, so I, Jordan Alvarez, I, I I'm not avoiding him totally. I even took him once, but the, and after I took him, it just it's hard. hard um, because of the UTIL Only, you know, he's he's not eligible to stick in the outfield or at first base, and. He may gain that, but I kind of doubt it. I mean, why would they take him out of the 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 uh, yeah. DH spot? He just may, be... but not not soon. He's great, like he's great. But you know, like if you're gonna tie up your DH spot, just take Nelson Cruz four rounds later. You know, or even consider waiting for Chris. You know, uh, Kris Davis, and like round he's, he's going really. I, I just I can't tie up my UTIL spot in the third round when they're when they're guys like Ozzy Albie's going around here. So yeah, um, I agree. I think we both like Albies. I know you have to go, so let me just round up. I don't.
1: If you if you want, I could. Um, I got some time still. Like you know, we didn't get through as much. I'd like to get through more. If you want to, I can. Okay. We can, well, we we
0: can, we we can go for we... the
1: top fifty. That's that's ten more guys, um,
0: yeah. and then I'll I'll check in with you again. But <laughs> so we said Mon forty. Um, I'll just rattle off a few more. Forty one, Javier Baez. Forty two, Keston Hira. Forty three, George Springer. Forty four, Charlie Blackman. And forty-five Ketel Marte. So that rounds out the third round with five hitters. Um,
1: uh,
0: I'll let you take it first if you've got thoughts.
1: Not really. I like all these players. I don't. I'm not avoiding any of them. Um, yeah. No. They're all. They're all good. Um, I'm. I've drafted a lot of Ketel Marte. I've, uh, I think I have a Springer. Um, I, these. Are, these are all good players.
0: I'm totally with you. I. Um, I will say that Keston Hira, I I want to see it a little bit more before I take him here because, I mean, look at these players around him. I have not actually drafted Javier Baez yet, but I'd love to. Um, and if I had my chance at pick 41, which is astonishingly seems like where he's going, then I'll probably go share of him in the near future. He's gone as late as pick 56, which to me is just, just insane. <laughs> I just don't understand that. And then yeah. – um, So, so I'm not often here. I'm not, I'm not calling him a hard avoid. I'm not taking him at pick 42 because I'm taking George Springer and Ketel Marte everywhere. I can get them. Um, and I'm totally open to Charlie Blackman too. Um, probably would have him a little later and he's going a little, I mean, he's done his 59. It's crazy. Getting, getting any of these five players that we're talking about in the fourth round is just a steal. Um, Uh, George Springer you know like I don't think he's going to do what he did last year but he's in he's leading off for one of the best lineups and you know he's he showed that he's got more power than we thought um in 2019 like I maybe injuries were keeping him down more than we thought in previous years but like he didn't even play a full year and he had 38 bombs 39 something like that so yeah so Springer is awesome and you know he's got some speed too who knows how much he's going to Astros don't count on too much, but the counting stats, I mean, he's a four category stud and you're getting him at the end of the third round. Um, And to some extent, I could say most of that about Ketel Marte. I don't, I don't think he's going to hit for quite as much power, but 30 home runs, I just think is completely in play and um, great spot, you know, leading off for a, a good lineup. Obviously it's not the Astros, but they're, they're decent. He's got some good power hitters behind him or some, some guys that are hitting a lot of home runs at least. Um, and you know he's going to hit close to 300. He's a very very good hitter. So, and you know he may even st- chip in more stolen bases than these other guys we're talking about here. Yeah. The one I wanted to talk about is Javier Baez. I you know I looked at his last year, which had you know he's he had some some injuries um, keeping him out. Uh, let's see how many games did he play total in 2019? 138 games. So definitely not a full run and he's still got 11 stolen bases in 2018 he had 21 stolen bases so is he going to do that again I, I don't know is it going to be between 11 and 21 I, I, I think so you know i feel like that's a pretty good good place to put him i think he's got yeah, you know, he's yeah. gonna hit 280 plus he's gonna have very good counting stats 30 home runs i mean like javier Baez is a great bet at this point and i don't i'm mad that i don't have any shares yet i don't so, i don't i don't either I like all five of these guys a lot. Uh, You know, like I said, it's not a hard avoid on Keston here. I'm just going to take the other guys first. So,
1: yeah, it's a nice little. uh, If you listen to our other podcast, Honey Hole for uh, second baseman. Wait, what is this? It's It's called. Yeah, Ray Butler um, taught me a new word. It's a honey hole. I guess it's it's sort of a a spot where there's. scarce or good resources so he was talking about the third around pick one hundred and third baseman he's saying it's a honey hole for third baseman you've got your snow you got your donaldson you got your turner i guess like after pick 100 this i think right here is your honey hole for second baseman honey I boy
0: it. i think I it's it. like it's yeah. a
1: it's, it's a tennessee term so you, you, we'd <laughs> never we would never have heard tennessee fishing term well i actually live in nashville so <laughs> <laughs>
0: We should, I should, I should know this, uh, but uh, I'll have to, I'll have to ask Ray. So,
1: is, is Ray, uh, Tennessee guy? I, th- I think he said Tennessee, yeah. I, I don't know if he's, um, I, you know, I okay. don't, I don't, want, I don't want to speak. I, I know he's, he's I'm, dead. Gonna, he's, I'm gonna hit him up on Twitter.
0: That's really, yeah. that's really cool. Ask, right. Yeah, ask him about the honey hole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm scared too, but I will. All right, so yeah. Like, if, if this is what you're looking at in the late third round, like, even if two or three of these guys are taken, like, take the other one. I mean, like, I, I really like this, this value right here. So I'll tell you why I wanted
1: to continue because I'm on the clock in one of my drafts, and I wanted to, once we get to the, I'm in the fourth round, ra- or, the, yeah, we're in the fourth round, I wanted to um, get your take on something um, before I make my pick. So we're, we're, yeah. we're, 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 we're approaching it. So this is sort of self-serving, uh, staying on. All right. Well,
0: let's look. I'll take five more guys uh, now that we're getting into the fourth round. So, uh, your boy at number uh, forty-six, uh, um, Luis Castillo. I that know is my, how, that is my boy. I know how you feel about him. We can talk about him, or, or we can. I can not give you a hard time, but uh, forty-seven. <laughs> well, we're
1: talking about we're talking about a void, so we don't we. we... We don't, yeah, yeah. we don't have to
0: talk. We don't have to talk. You're so right. I'm, not, I'm definitely not avoiding him. I just don't happen to have any, I, you know, I, out of this, well, I haven't even listed them yet. 46 Castillo, 47 Corbin, 48 real Muto, 49 Giolito and 50 Whit Merrifield. Um, I, I was about to say that out of this little group right here, if I'm picture, I'm probably taking Giolito. What uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, Regarding Giolito specifically, how do you feel about him? You just like Castillo more, or
1: are you avoiding Giolito? I'm not avoiding Giolito. I have some of him. I like him because I feel like I'm not so sure about his ratios. I saw um, this morning Ariel Cohen had a projection of a really high. I don't know if you saw that. I think he had he projected him for an extremely high URA.
0: Oh, I haven't even looked. That's today, right? The ATC projections.
1: Yeah, his, his projection is not favorable on Giolito. So I'll take that for what it is. But I think Giolito, I think he threw around 175 innings last year. I think he could bump it up to – I was saying this on another podcast. If he can get up to 210 innings and he, he looks like he's a horse, can he strike out like Cole – can he be like Cole strikeout figures? I know not with the ratios, but I, I like, I like Giolito there. I think, I think the price is right there.
0: Ariel's actually got him for a lower weapon, lower ERA than Steamer. Um, he's got him for fewer strikeouts. So that's what does what,
1: what, what he What does he has have his ERA at? Uh,
0: well, I mean, you know, pitcher ERAs are always high, but he has them for four fifteen ERA.
1: Yeah,
0: and a one twenty two whip. But I mean, like everybody, you know, like I. I don't know. I I don't really even look for that for pitchers. Just just because they're all high. Like you, can, it's hard to find a pitcher after round one with less than a one point two whip and they're you know less than a four ERA. Granted, I, You know, like they're they're certainly not giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be able to reproduce everything that we saw in 2019. But, you know, Steamer has him for a 4.26 wet, I mean, ERA. So it's like, well, what do you, what do you make of that? I'm not, I'm not reading too much into it, but, right. um, but anyway, obviously you like Castillo, you're not, you're not avoiding Giolito. You're not avoiding Corbin, I assume. Nope. I love, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going with Giolito there. And I also love real Muto here. Um, I will say that I'm avoiding Whit Merrifield. Um, which is funny because Whit Merrifield just had a very good season. Uh, I think he's almost a lock to hit 290 plus or at least 285 plus. Uh, I think he's going to have pretty darn good counting stats for, you know, at least for being on the Royals, if not just in general. But that's that's as much as I can say. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to hit 20 home runs ever. And I, I kind of doubt it, and um, I don't know how many bases he's going to steal, and that's the number one reason to draft Merryfield. So, uh, yeah, I'm with I, you. On, I'm with you on that one. I'm just not. I'm not seeing it. I'm not. I'm not seeing a good case for him here over over other guys that you could put
1: at second base. So, yeah, I I, I think I'm on board with you there. I'm also fading Real Muto there. Okay, let's uh, talk about that. He's actually a hard avoid for me at this price. I know. Um, well, you said you like him there, and I know toby we 've we 've had him on our show and i 've listened to a lot of his shows he really He really loves Real Mewtwo at this price I know that and, and i respect I respect his opinions a lot, but for myself um I agree with the theory of getting a catcher early. I like to get a good catcher because I think it does give you an advantage, but I think here you 're just passing on such great bats with like equal floors but way higher upside that i just i can 't pass on like guys like i 'm just looking um Bryant even, I know people are kind of down on him. Um, Matt Olson, just going ahead a little bit. Like, I can't pass on, like, the hitters and even some of the pitchers around there. All right, well, let me see if I can, like Trey Turner,
0: let me see if I can convince you to get off of the hard avoid. All right? Okay. And that's all I'm going for here. I'm not trying to get you to draft him, but I want to convince you that he's not a hard avoid. Now, uh, Toby turned me on to him as well, and um, I tweeted about this. I just found the tweet it's, it was back in November but I said folks real muto uh I'm glad Batflip crazy convinced me to look onto, into him he was the 49th player overall in 2019 now just stop there for a minute I mean the 49th player overall as a catcher you know so so not only are you getting great value in general drafting a a player who should go you know as an early fourth round value in the early fourth round um that would not be you know Great value overall that would be solid value but you're but you're getting a catcher which to me takes it from solid to amazing um, now of course that's if he can do what he did in 2019 again but here's what he did he led all catchers in runs in RBI with 175 total runs in RBI Grandall had 156 and no one else had over 140 so you are just bagging you know 10 to 15 to 20 extra counting stats in each of those two categories. The underlying stuff pretty much supports it. He, you know, he's, he really is a, you know, mid twenties or better home run hitter. Even at the catcher position, he had a max exit velo of one He's got 89th percentile sprint speed so he can chip in some stolen bases. I just think Rio Muto is a above average to very good player uh, at any position but when you put him at the at the catcher position, he becomes just completely outstanding. And so I can see why your sort of draft strategy would be like, I'm just not drafting catcher here. I'm just not going to do it. But does that get you any closer <laughs> to removing your hard avoid on
1: Um It does. It does. I was looking at his stats. I'm like, okay, I didn't really, I didn't really remember he had nine stolen bases. Like, like I knew that, but I just looking at it again, and I'm looking at his stats. The stats are better than I. And I mean, like I'm... what?
0: And 92 runs scored, if my memory serves.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 92 and stuff. So, yeah, I believe you're correct. But
0: anyway, yeah. So anyway, um, that's the I, case. I don't know, but I, I just can't. I like him. You know what? Mm. It's okay. If I didn't convince you, that's fine. You you don't have to. You don't have to say that you're not hard avoiding li- him. I'm just. I can't. I wish I could play the Jeopardy music right now.
1: No. <laughs> You're so close. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to word it. No, he's still a avoid for me, but what I'm just trying to say is like, I need, what I need to do is fill my starting pitchers just with my draft strategy. If, if I'm not, and I'm not getting a pitcher here, like a Giolito Castillo, or even like I would prefer a glass. No, I, I'd rather other bats around here as well. Uh, and grab, um, I think the difference between a, a, like one of the, one of those top, the top bats available other than a catcher here. And, um, say, a Grendel or a Contreras or a Garver, is you're, you're, I think you're better off versus whatever is going to be. Take
0: the bat first player now and get the decent catch. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll have to live with that. But um, I'm glad we kind of agree on and on We both are cool with those pitchers. So let's move on. Um, all right. So that was the 50th pick was Merrifield. 51, you've got Aaron Nola. 52, Vlad Jr., Fifty-three Chris Bryant, fifty-four Chris Paddock, and fifty-five Eloy Jimenez. Um, what you got on those five?
1: Okay, this is perfect. This is where this is what I this is where I'm at in my other draft. I mean, round four, I have the uh, I the seventh pick in round four, and these are all the players. These all these players are available to me. Um, so I'm, none of these are player. None of these players are in a void for me. I, I I like I like all of these players actually. Okay. I know I know people are kind of down on Bryant. Um, and vlad, but um, so more so, so more so Paddock and Nola would be my targets here over the, over those hitters, D- but depending on what I did in the other rounds. this is really it really depends, but I'm, none of these are hard avoid for me. All right, so what I would say here
0: is i I am not a hard avoid on Chris Bryant or Chris Paddock, but the other three, at this point in the draft. I'm not even considering them. So, and I'll give you all my reasons. All right. Aaron Nola is a perfectly safe pitcher, but he, he's just off my board because he, he, because I told you what I'm looking for in a pitcher here. And he just doesn't have that. Right. He doesn't have the, you know, 275 strikeout upside. He doesn't have the sub one whip upside. He doesn't have the, he may have the sub three ERA upside, but it would take a, in my mind, it would take a career season. So I don't, we, think, I don't think anyone has that though. At well, this point. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what I said about Snell and Sale,
1: right? And and so that's why and, – like, and, yeah, at, you know, at this stage, I don't think you're going to get anyone with 275 strikeouts. I don't anymore.
0: think you can get all of that. I think you can get some of that from Chris Paddock. I think he actually does have the whip upside. And I think – I don't think he has the strikeout upside, but I think he has the whip and ERA upside. So, um, you know, it and it, it really depends. You may be looking for a guy who's a little bit more of a horse and Aaron may get more. You know, he may have a better shot with wins because I'm not sure how good the Padres are going to be. Uh, Philly should be good. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of splitting hairs there. Um, the reason I'm off Nola is because I want an anchor here for the – especially for the whip category, and I probably focus on that too much. But um, I'm getting, you know, a couple guys a little bit later uh, if, I, if I've if waited. Most, most likely I have not waited on a pitcher this far anyway, though. So – uh, you may even convince convince me not to call Nola such a hard avoid because, like, I could see in a strategy getting him here, but like, I feel like if I've if I'm drafting Nola here, I've already messed up because I've I've not gotten the pitching upside that I wanted from from rounds one through three. I think Giolito is kind of the last guy that gives you that crazy upside, except you know, like Morton, Charlie Morton later. We're going to talk about and um, in the next round, you Darvish. I would consider. I've got one share of Morton and no Darvish so far, though. So you can just tell by this point in the draft, for the most part, I've already tried to shore up my pitching. My start, my, my two starting pitchers, at least one starting pitcher, I I should have it by before Nola. So that's that's part of it. But you know what? I'm splitting hairs between Nola and Paddock. So I'm just going to say that that's not who I would go here, but I can see why you would. Vlad Jr. Let me talk about for a second, unless you wanted to say anything about Nola or Paddock, because I know you're you're definitely. More on them than I am. And probably it's just because you're looking for, you know, stability.
1: No, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'll wait and and talk about everyone overall afterwards because this, I'm, I have a decision to make and I want to, I want to, okay, okay. I want to I wanna tie it all in together.
0: All right. So here's my take on Vlad Jr. Um, I think he's going to be a great player. Um, he is still extremely young. He still just came off a season where he did not hit for that. 300 plus average that we're all hoping for Um, what's most important to me his launch angle his average launch angle was 6.7 degrees that is Eric Hosmer territory that is um, that is a guy who is not going to hit home runs uh, on a very rapid pace could that 100% change immediately yes it absolutely could I mean, we saw what, you know, Yandy Diaz was starting to do at the beginning of last season. He was a guy who had, I think he had like one career home run or something. He had never elevated the ball. So can Vlad Jr. start to elevate the ball? Yes. Will he? I would just like to see it first before I pick him in a spot where I'm hoping he's going to hit 35 home runs. Um, the batting average, you know, like could he hit 300? hundred percent, he could. Will he? I just, I'd like to see trend a little bit more before I'm paying this kind of price for him. And mainly it just has to do with what I can get at third base later. And so sort of shifting over to Chris Bryant. That's kind of why I'm I'm not getting any Chris Bryant. So, you know, full disclosure, I've none of any of these five guys. So, I'm not going to be able to give you too much guidance here, but I'm I'm going to give you my bear case on Bryant and then Elo Jimenez just like I did with Vlad. So, so Chris Bryant is a steady Eddie. So, that's that's a good thing. And that's about the best thing I can say about it. Like after that it kind of kind of trails off. It's like does he have 40 home run power anymore or you know did he just get lucky the one year he hit almost 40? It's hard for me to um to you know feel good about the fact that he's really got that in his bat. There's none of the underlying stuff really seems to um portray that. You know, he's got He's got a, a pretty good maximum exit velocity. It's not elite. He's got, he had 37 barrels last year. That's very good. It's not elite. Um, he had a very good launch angle, which kind of, you know, I haven't looked into his pull ball metrics, but that kind of makes you think he's, he's probably getting the ball out of there because he's pulling it more and that's good. And that, you know, makes you think, okay, he's, he's definitely a candidate to hit something, but, um, You could see that going wrong like it did in 2018 and and losing some power. Uh, And the batting average to me is just, it's good, but not elite. So, uh, you know, if you want, uh, his expected average has always been lower than his actual average. And if you're in cores, I kind of give you a uh, pass. but I don't really get anybody else to pass for that. So his expected average last year was actually a very big discrepancy. It was 246. And of course, he hit like 280 something. So uh, the year before that was 255. Uh, it's been around 270 you know, before that. So I'm not saying he's going to be a bad hitter, but you're kind of drafting a-, a guy like this to be a boring, stable guy. And I just – I'm not sure how stable. I, you know, I, I think he should be a boring stable guy, like 30 home runs, very good counting stats, 275 average, which is fine for this spot. But, you know, I just – I see a little a little bit of risk. And um, so moving on to Eloy, I guess I would kind of say the same as far as the little bit of risk. Like he should hit 35 to 40 home runs with upside. You know, he should hit 275, 280. And he should have very good counting stats, but there's a little risk, you know, like he, he hit pretty badly for the first half of last season. And he was a rookie, you know, and you know, whether he, whether you want to call it a sophomore slump or whether you want to just say he has left, he has, um, you know, a lot left to prove before, before we anoint him. I just, I'm not ready to pay 55th overall for Elohim. So I,
1: I've talked a lot. You go. (laughs) Okay, so here's this. So this this will this will um circle back around to exactly what we're talking the players were talking about in this range. But this is I'm three picks into my draft, and let me just take you through what happened. I the uh, I believe the ninth pick overall. I started with Francisco Lindor, so I got a nice five category player there. Next, uh, I don't really I don't really like the spot I was at next. I didn't want to reach on any of the pitchers. Flaherty was gone, um, and Clevenger was gone. and then I was sort of debating between J.D. Martinez, um, JD Martinez, um, uh, Devers, and Rendon. And like I said before, there's a nice little honey hole of third baseman later on. So that's why I actually selected J.D. Martinez. And um, I don't normally want to take a pit player, like I said, that has no, no stolen bases here, But he has such a nice – he's such a, an amazing four-category player. I went with him here. It's my first share of him. Third pick overall, I could have taken uh, Blake Snell in that in that uh, range. Could have taken Snell, but I because I didn't get any stolen bases with my second pick, and this player was still on the board who I really love. I ended up with Ozzy Albie's. So I started hitter, 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 uh, which is not something I've done before. So I again, I have Lindor, Albie's, and JD Martinez. Now with my fourth pick, I'm at the 52nd pick overall, and the players that are available to me are Aaron Nola, Chris Paddock. Um, and Eli, Eli, Jimenez, Whit Merrifield, JT Realmuto, all the players we're discussing there, right? So, I, I, I think I have, I think I've made up my mind where I'm going, and it's not any of those players. And you, can, and I'm, I want to see if you can convince me otherwise, because it would be because of all those all those players, it would be Chris Paddock who would be my choice, because I don't have a pitcher yet, and I like like you said, he gives you the nice whip upside, and he would fit my team. However, a player has fallen. Who did you say you got in the first round? I took
0: uh, Lindor. So Lindor, J.D. Martinez, Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies, that's I love that start. I love Ozzy Albies. I love I you know, I, I hardly ever seem to draft J.D. Martinez, but like I can't say a word against him. Like he's he's going to have a 300 average. He's going to hit you 35 plus home runs. He's great. Great counting stats. And then Lindor and Albies, that's that's a good little stolen base floor in your middle infield. Uh, with some home run upside, that's a great start. You're gonna have really good average from all three of them. So yeah, I I, I definitely think you go with a pitcher here. I mean, obviously, I would try to convince you to take Rio Muto, but we know that's not gonna happen. So let's no. look at let's look at pitchers. If if it were me, uh, I would probably go Charlie Morton. I am not scared off of Charlie Morton at all. I know he kind of faltered a little in in, in the middle of the season, but um, I you know I I don't think anybody else here has both his sort of stability and upside. So so Charlie Morton, he actually ended with a 3.05 ERA. He had a 3.13 in 2018. Um, he had 201 strikeouts in 2018. He upped that to 240 strikeouts in 2019. So he's got severe upside there. And his whip in 2019 was 1.08. So he he, he really took everything to the next level this year, even despite a few you know, starts where he wasn't as pristine as he usually is. So, you know, he's 36. I can see why that would be, uh, you know, a deterrent for some people. But, I, you know, I think he's just – he's not on Verlander's level, but I'm no more scared off of him just because of age. I think he's shown it. um, He ended the season with a 1.04 whip in September with 11.83 strikeouts per nine. I mean, he's just – He's a horse, and uh, you take him.
1: You take him over Paddock.
0: I take him over Paddock. I think the strikeout upside, and you know, again, I I don't want to be too slow to buy into guys like Paddock. I think Paddock's incredible, but you know, I I would like to see, you know, Paddock showed a lot of sort of flaws in the second half of the season. He had some really bad starts. He he kind of ended. On a on a down note, as I remember it, let me look at his ERA by month. Uh, well, he had a very good September, but August he had a seven point five ERA. He faltered a little in June as well. Um, yeah, his September was incredible. I'm, I, you know, I was wrong to say he ended poorly, but uh, he had some bumps along the way. And you know, he may have he may take it to the next level this year, or he could have you know. More bumps in the road. Um, I just think Pat. I think Charlie Morton is a much safer commodity. I think he wins in innings thrown, strikeouts, wins, and I won't say ERA or WHIP. They're both great. They're both great. But I think Charlie Morton wins in those categories, and
1: he's going to give you more volume. I agree with that. Now, convince me to not take this other player. Because, okay. uh, because, yeah, I agree with you. It, it would be probably... like I could, I could see that it's very close between Morton and Paddock. However, a player has fallen to me and it's not a pitcher. Okay. Quetel-, Quetel Marte is still available.
0: Oh my gosh, dude. You're killing me. I know. You, you know I love Marty. Marte. And so do I. So, there's, no, there's no way I can convince you. So the thing is, you're going to have to play him at your middle infield slot, right? Because you've already got a shortstop and you've already got a second base.
1: No, he's an outfielder too.
0: Oh, that's even better. And you've got... You have got um, no. I guess your other three players
1: are locked into spots. But yeah, you're
0: right. You could you could play them at middle infield or outfield. Obviously, middle infield's you know more valuable. But you I know, was I-
1: honestly considering him when I chose Ozzy Albies. It was like between Albies and Marte because I couldn't pass those guys for a Snell at that point.
0: I could uh, have I could have three second baseman and I wouldn't be able to pass up Cattle Marte at that spot. I love Catal Marte. Because one of the main things I'm going for I, do, right I just
1: in. I just drafted him. So because I don't I don't I don't, don't want to wait. No, because I was honestly <laughs> making these making my draft wait for me to, to, to talk to you because so they're like, should we text him? And I'm like, well, I'm like, hold on guys, I'll pick in five minutes. So I, I took I took Kettle Marte. Um, that's I, so to, great. I, I because I wanted to see if you could talk me off Marte, because that's who I was leaning
0: to. I'm not first. gonna I'm not gonna be the guy to, to be able to do that. Because here's here I'll give you two reasons. Reasons. one if Charlie Morton doesn't fall to you in the next round and he could because a lot of people are are down on him you can always um take a look yeah. at you Darvish as your first pitcher I think he's got sort of that same sort of upside or if you want a safer guy there's Granky. there's there's some really good pitchers next round it'd be very um,
1: I'd be I'd be very surprised if Morton fell to me or well there's still like maybe I'm, I'm hoping maybe I start a, a hitter run here and make it scarce because you still got Nola Paddock Kershaw Morton Severino um so you might be
0: surprised Gla- so, Glasnow and You imagine? might be surprised that, that Charlie Morton has fallen as, as low as 77th um, in January. Um,
1: in I, draft, is that in draft champions?
0: Uh, it doesn't say what league, but he's he's gone anywhere between 45th and 77th. Um 50, 59th on average. Uh so, so he's probably not gonna fall back to you uh, at the, in the middle of the the fifth round. I'll be at I'll be at pick 69. But it's possible. And then you Darvish. Uh, has fallen as low as 86. I don't know how you feel about him. Uh, there's there's going to be a, a chance for you to picture next round, but but to me, what you're trying to do in the early rounds of the draft is you're trying to get some uh, a, a solid enough base that you can you can get some you can take values later wherever they fall. And if that's a guy like um, Kyle Schwarber in the 10th round or 11th round. You're you're going to want to have your stolen bases, you know, pretty beefed up in the first few rounds because he's not going to get you stolen bases, or at least not many. If if it's a guy like, I mean, I'm not going to say ever draft Malik Smith, but if it's a guy that's more stolen base heavy, you're going to want to make sure you have plenty of power. And if it's a guy that's going to hit you 240, but but get you 35 home runs like a Renato Nunez, you have to make sure you have that um, average completely up. And to me, Kettle Marte gives you a little goodness in all those areas. Like he's, he's solid across the board in power, a little bit of speed and counting stats. But where he really gives you, like, takes your team to the level is I, I, I cannot see Kettle Marte hitting below 290 this year. I just don't. You can tell me all day till you're blue in the face.
1: I'm not going to believe it. Music to my ears. Hey, the next pick, so far, so good. Next pick was Victor Robles. So I'm, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm survived another pitcher. All right. Well, depending on how, how long you have, we can,
0: we can check back in, but um, let's get back to our uh, evaluations and see if, so, you, so just to be clear on NOLA, uh, Vlad Guerrero, Bryant, Paddock, and Eloy, you're not actually avoiding any of those. No, I'm not. Okay. That's fair. I, I told you my case, but I mean, it's not, none of those are, I guess there's like levels of how hard, a hard avoid can go. Um, I would say probably Vlad is the one I'm avoiding the most just because I don't know what to expect. But I'm probably not drafting any of them. So moving on, um, at 56, we got Clayton Kershaw. At uh, 57, we got Giancarlo Stanton. At 58, Eugenio Suarez. 59, Charlie Morton. Woop, woop. And <laughs> 60, Manny Machado. So that'll, that'll do it for the fourth round. Tell, tell me uh, your thoughts on those five.
1: I do have a hard
0: avoid within those five. Okay. Can you guess who? Can you guess who it is? Oh man, I want to guess Kershaw just because you don't like pitchers with any kind of risk whatsoever.
1: <laughs> no, it's uh, Stanton.
0: Stanton. Okay. I was gonna. My second two guesses were gonna be Stanton or Suarez. Uh, Stanton, you know, just because of the injuries. Uh, Suarez, I think people have
1: multiple reasons. But you tell me about Stanton. Stanton, and I think my buddy Mike Curlin put it well. Uh, I think it was on our last podcast. He said you can get Sano at pick one thirty, and he pretty much is Stanton. With you guys, I can't argue with that. I, I'm totally. He, he, what did he call it? He referred to as Stanton Light, and mainly it's he's injury prone. Um, I don't think he's going to hit for a good average. I'm not even sure what his lineup position is going to be when it's all said and done. Like I think Labor Torres should be the number three hitter. Um, I don't know where he's going to bat in that lineup. To be honest with you, you got you got Judge, you got Torres. I'm I'm not looking at roster resource. That's and, a que-
0: that's actually a question mark about both of those guys. Then for me, because it's a stacked lineup. It's tough let's today. see. I'm I'm pulling up roster. Resource I bet right you. Now. I bet you roster resource is going to have he'll Glaber. Have he'll have so, he'll have Stanton four probably. I was going to say I bet they have Glaber at three and Gary Sanchez fourth.
1: So they have it: Lemayhew, Judge, Torres, Stanton, Sanchez, Gardner, and Charlotte. Okay, so okay, so they have Stanton at fourth and Sanchez fifth. Okay, well, yeah, no, you know what? Their lineup's not as quite as stacked as I was picturing in my head. So, yeah, Stanton should bat fourth in this case. I was just thinking back to the postseason. I think he was batting quite low in that lineup during the postseason. Well,
0: well I'm kind of with you, though. I, you know, I, it's sort of a theme with me, maybe, that I just don't like to draft players where I don't know what to expect. Like, I'm perfectly happy – let's take Eloy. I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding him at 55, but with Eloy, I, I kind of know what to expect. So if I'm getting a value on this and I'm able to say, you know, let's say this was like the 10th round, right. And I'm going to say, okay, well, I, I like Eloy for 35 home runs. Of course it could be way, way upside from there. But, uh, and I like him for like a 270 something average, but of course it could be upside from there. Well then, yeah, I'm going to take him. I, I just don't do it at pick 55, but with uh Vlad Vlad's a good example with him I don't I don't know what the floor is on home runs I don't I don't know what the upside is on batting average for his second year as a 21 year old you know and and so that's kind of what goes for Giancarlo as well like you know I don't know that he's really going to hit for batting average so I think I think the floor could be you know 240 something 250 um you know Steamer has him for 49 home runs and that's why people are drafting him up here. I'd take the under. <laughs> you know, like it, you can pretty much tell me anybody and I'm going to take the under on that. Could he hit it? Yeah, he could hit 60 because he's Giancarlo stand. I just like these are not the kind of things I like to bet on. I like to sort of say, "Okay, here's what I think I'm getting in in each of the five categories." So that's the floor. I'll take anything else as gravy and I still like the player at this price. And about, you know, about Giancarlo, at least even in the fourth round, I just I can't do that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think we're I think we're on the same page there.
0: All right. What what about these other four here? Kershaw, Suarez, Morton, and Machado.
1: I'm with you on Morton. I like Morton a lot. Um, Machado, uh, like the price, you're not paying a huge price from like last year. Um, I know I I know a lot of people that took him third overall last year before before he signed with the the Padres when it was potentially that he was going for the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm, so I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not in on any of them per se, but I'm not I wouldn't say any of them are an avoid to me. I would I would agree with that. I I think
0: you know I have no shares of of anyone besides Morton here. Um, I I'm not out on Kershaw. Kershaw did had such a good year last year, and he's had such a good last decade that uh, you know it's hard for me to say anything bad about him. I mean the strikeouts are just not as. There's not as much potential there as other guys, but he could be really good on ratios. So I just don't know what to think about him. I'm just I'm just going elsewhere because, like I said, I usually have two pitchers by now. But um, but also uh, with Suarez and Machado, I would say that I'm not. It's not like Stanton where it's a hard avoid for me. It's like Chris Bryant where I'm like, yeah, this is this is a guy who I probably know what I'm getting, and it's probably good here. But is it, you know, I I don't I don't I think I can fill that position, uh, which I guess just so happens for all three of those guys to be third base uh, unless you want to play Machado at short, you know, or or Chris Bryant in the outfield. But like I see all those guys as decent third baseman and you're not paying like first round or second round value. But I just think you can get good first baseman uh, a couple rounds later, too. Uh, I'm sorry, third baseman. I'm not not speaking very well, but I think you, you, can, fi- you, can, you can find the honey hole. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, it's all about the honey hole. Exactly. Well, uh, anything else you want to say about any of those guys? I don't know if you agree with me on like Machado and Suarez. Like they're fine. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I'd rather I'd rather take Brian over Machado, despite the position flexibility. I okay. just think he has. I think he has more upside in the power. I think I think people. People are saying that his power is capped at 30. I don't know. I don't remember who said that, but I or, think – Bryant. Bryant or – Yeah, Bryant. Oh. I don't
0: like, think it's capped. I mean, he hit 39 one year. I just think uh, he doesn't profile as a guy with, with like, absolute light tower opposite fields power. I, opposite fields is probably the best way to say this. Like, um, I'm not looking at his, his, like, spray chart or his home run profile, but, like, Manny Machado has – at times in his career, at least, hit the ball a lot harder than Bryant. I'm with you. I don't. I don't think Manny Machado is going to do it again. I, I don't. I think Chris Bryant might have a better chance to. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not giving one guy the edge anywhere at batting average or home runs. I think Chris Bryant might actually give you more value because of the counting stats. Um, I don't know. Machado certainly didn't have a good season last year. Um, I yeah, I don't know that. I don't want to say that. San Diego is a bad lineup but but yeah I wouldn't doubt Chris Bryant's ability to hit 30 plus home runs yeah but anyway yeah I think we're just kind of Matt on some of those guys um yeah well I'll tell you what that's the end of the fourth round and this has already gone pretty long so why don't we just cut it off there and maybe you can come back sometime and and talk some more guys uh I love just kind of Taking a pulse on the ADP, and I think it's really useful for people to, you know, whether they agree with us or not, they can at least think about what they're getting from each player. Because to me, that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, why would I draft in the first round? You know, like what's reasonable for me to expect um, that makes him worth it? like if I if 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 I'm you know Joe Schmo disagrees with me, Zach, and he thinks. Uh, Bregman's going to hit 40. Absolutely. He might hit 45 and, you know, he's going to hit 300 easily. He might hit, you know, higher Then, then they can sort of make the case that we're just wrong and he's going to do that. And so he's worth tip pick overall. And I would, I would agree. He might, he might be worth that if you could count on those things. I just don't think you can count on those things. And so uh, talking through this with you is, is helpful for me and I hope it's helpful for everybody and sort of thinking
1: through the same kind of stuff. Yeah, it was definitely helpful for me. Um, I think you you, you um, enlightened me on certain players like Real Muto and Morton. I'm actually higher on than when we first talked for sure. Great, right, good.
0: And I, I, I at least uh, at least you're not going to bury Trey Turner. So that's no, no, that's I will Something. No.
1: I, I, I want to get I, after after all said and done. I'd like to have a share like a share of Trey Turner.
0: Well, you you definitely made me realize that I'm. I'm some of my hard outs are not really as hard as I might've thought. Like, you know, unfortunately, like I'm not really loving the fourth round, like unless somebody like cattle Marte falls to you, uh, you know, or, some, or one of those early fourth round guys, like real Mudo or Giulito, like the later fourth round, I'm just kind of like, you know, like, maybe I should bump up somebody like really, really reach on, you know, you Darvish or Mancada. Or even, I mean, you know how much I love Laureano. That's probably a little early. but I, anyway. I, I took him 60th overall. I love Minnesota. it. I love it. Hey, if if uh, if you don't get Morton or Darvish or somebody you like in uh, round five, you know you have a fallback in Laureano, So Oh,
1: wait. Hold on a second. You know what I forgot to mention to you? What's that? Darvish went before Marte. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Somebody loves him. Yeah. yeah. he's He's got the upside. All right. Well, Hit me up on Twitter if you've got, uh, if, if, if uh, it comes back to you in the fifth round and you want to discuss it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Well, but anyway, I'll, I'll,
1: I'll let you know what happens.
0: But thanks so much for being here, Zach. Like I said, I really enjoyed this. So appreciate did I. you being on. I appreciate you having me. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, stay classy, Planet Baseball.